Welcome to episode 21 of Caucasus Talk, your source for culture, history, and tourism in the North Caucasus mountains of Russia. I'm your host, Eli. And I'm your host and guest today, Andrew. You might be wondering why I'm at the helm. Strong start. Strong start for an even stronger finish today. Can only get better from here. (laughs) (laughs) Only up. Uh, we We are going to interview our very own host, Andrew. Yeah. And his coworker, his partner in crime. And tourism. And tourism, <laughs> Josh. Welcome, Glad Josh. All right. Yes. Welcome. Finally, to I get on caucus talk. Our studio. Yeah. One of our uh, average loyal fans. Averagely loyal? <laughs> yes, averagely loyal. Can, you, fans. can one be averagely loyal? Is that real loyal? I would say Josh is loyal to us as people, but maybe not necessarily to the podcast. <laughs> I love you guys hey. for who you are, not what you do. <laughs> you don't look at my podcast history. You don't know how many of those. That's true. That's true. I reserve, I take that back. I reserve judgment. All right. All right. So, um, so um, this is really an exciting uh, opportunity because behind the scenes, for a long time, Andrew and Josh have been working their tails off at uh, a new venture, uh, which we think is really going to be a boon for the North Caucasus. And I think yeah. really exciting for them. So, um, without further ado, why don't you just introduce extremely briefly what it is we're here to talk about, Andrew? Yeah. Uh, so Josh and I are in the process of starting a travel business or tour company to the North Caucasus mountains of Russia. Um, so often here, when I tell people that in Pitygorsk, our city, they say, wait, you're taking, you're taking Russians to America. And I say, no, no, we're bringing Americans to Russia. Uh, and not just, not just Americans, but really all English speakers we want to bring to the North Caucasus. All right. Um, what's this thing called? Beyond Red Square. Oh, that is a... Josh, will you say it? Beyond Red Square. I don't know. I think Josh wins. It sounded better <laughs> when he said it. All right. Before, before the show began, I have to let you know, listeners, that Josh was confiding in me that he has been told that he has a great radio voice. It's well, deep. So we're about to find out. We'll let you, <laughs> listeners... Chime in with your regular emails and letters. It, it looks like this is already our most popular episode <laughs> yet, and we haven't even released it, according to iTunes. <laughs> the numbers are soaring through. <laughs> All right, Beyond Red Square. So my first question is, do you have T-shirts and branded? Like, can I get a mug? I just want to know, can I get some branded, Man, what do you call it? Um, make a, make us look unprepared from question one. We don't have that yet, <sighs> but one day we will. Absolutely. All right. Absolutely. Let's, all right, before we get into the whole, um, the whole shebang um, about Red Square, let's get to know Josh, especially because we know Andrew, but let's yep. hear about you guys a little bit and just some, some intros. Josh, who are you? What's going on in your life? And um, go from there. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Uh, I have been living in Russia for the most part since 2003. Wow. Uh, a couple breaks in there sometime in the States, but yeah, my life, my, most of my adult life has been here in Russia by far. So you're an American. I am an American. Yes. Yep. Born and raised Niles, Michigan. Michigan. Okay. Niles, that's that, we, that, uh, qualifies as a shout out to Niles, Michigan. Right. That, that is the first official shout out to Niles on this podcast. Maybe on... <laughs> Any so where so if you are doing like Michiganders do and they hold their hand up and show you where they're from in Michigan, which part of the hand, which part of the state is not? Oh, that's great, so convenient. Right there, <laughs> bottom 
left. So this corner, is your right hand, your right palm, hand palm, right, bottom left corner, down where the lifeline meets the car line. I don't know. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Southwest. <laughs> what kind of car you get? So <laughs> listeners, something about people from Michigan. <laughs> If you ask them where they're from, they'll hold up their right hand and they'll point on the hand where they're from because it's similar to the state, the shape of the state. (laughs) It's similar, (laughs) but not identical. So, Josh, do you have any like sports team allegiance from the state of Michigan? You know what? Because we are only an hour and a half from Chicago as opposed to three hours from Detroit, we grew up Chicago fans. Okay. Of course, huge Bull fans. Wow. Yeah. Chicago Bulls. You're the generation of Michael Jordan. Yeah, that's right. Grew up on Michael Jordan. Chicago Cubs, grew up on Andre Dawson, Ryan Sandberg. Yeah, I used to collect their baseball oh, cards. Yeah. So if you yeah. listeners are, are wondering how these guys you know, struck up an affinity, <laughs> you may notice that this time I'm the odd man out. <laughs> Good <laughs> stuff. Just a tidbit from living here in Russia that I, I just think is important for people to know. I think this is really important. When there are major sporting events, we have to literally – Get up and meet at someone's house at like two thirty in the morning. Yep, it's true. And we do. It's worth it. <laughs> we, we did it. So we did that for the Super Bowl two two thirty a.m. start time, and we watched the whole thing. <laughs> oh, and it basically ruined me for thing. the rest of Monday. Uh, we were all paying for it, but it was. It's always worth it. All right. So from Niles all the way to Russia, man, yeah. you've got some tenure in this country. So that's fourteen years more on and off in Russia, yeah. mm-hmm. and still living here. Okay, still here. Wow. I love it. Awesome. There's some news in your life of late? Uh, yeah. Well, we um, our third child was just born, January 3rd. In Russia. This year. In Congratulations. Russia. Congratulations. Yep. Awesome. Right. Russia was awesome. Yep. Going to Moscow to get her passport this next week. So that's big news, adjusting to three children. So didn't we just announced a baby, another baby's birth on this podcast? A few episodes ago, yeah. <laughs> that's right. So- uh, how much older? Is, how how? What's the age difference between you two babies? Oh, Josh is he, much older than he, I am by a few months. <laughs> Eli just had his fourth child. Yes. Uh-huh. So is it about a month? Three weeks. Three weeks. Yeah, three weeks. Wow, awesome. So, uh, and Josh, so you would have lived in Russia more or less fourteen years. Uh, you speak really good Russian. We'll vouch for that. You speak basically at a fluent level. Where have you lived in Russia? You live right now with us in, in our city of Pitigorsk. Mm-hmm. It's yep. ours. The only other city I lived in is Ekaterinburg. Uh-huh. Can you say that with an American accent? Ekaterinburg. <laughs> Why do people always go Southern when they do that? Well, it, it's got, it, it looks like Katrin. With a Berg on the end and an E in the front. So it's like electronic Katrenberg. E Katrenberg. That's yeah, and I just I don't speak with that accent in English, but you, I know. do. See, he's such an insider here. He wouldn't even know how to say it otherwise, which is amazing. So Ekaterinburg is in the middle of nowhere. It's like central Russia kind of. Central like Russia, yeah. Um in the Ural Mountains. Okay. Uh, Ural Mountains. So if you're looking Mountains. at the map, actually like one third of the way going east from Moscow. And now, listeners, that is a one word, U-R-A-L, not Y-O-U-R-A-L-L. Not Ural Ural, Not like Ural's Mountains. <laughs> this is the Ural Mountains. Ural Mountains, yeah. Okay. Sorry, Texas. So, and uh, shout out to Ekaterinburg. The <laughs> Russia definitely is... definitely have never gotten a shout out. <laughs> Niles and Ekaterinburg today. So... Uh, the World Cup is being hosted by Russia this summer, and Ekaterinburg is one of the host cities yeah. for matches. Uh, so I would assume we have some listeners whose host country is going to be playing in Ekaterinburg. 
Mm. Now yeah. I can tag World Cup on uh, this episode and Boom. we're going to get Done. billions of hits. Yeah. <laughs> so Josh, Ekaterinburg is like, that's Russia. I mean, that's the middle of Russia. Oh, yeah. And so now you've lived, you lived about half your time in Russia there and then half of your time, so six, seven-ish years there and now five, six, seven-ish years here exactly. in, in the Caucasus. Mm-hmm. Can, what would you say is different uh, about the Caucasus compared to the rest of Russia? Because we're in the same country. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, same country, but obviously huge distance right. between the two locations. Um, Yekaterinburg is, first of all, it's a big city. Yeah. Uh, two to three million people there. Okay. Metropolis. It's a cold city. It's much further north than where we are here. Okay. So, of course, that definitely uh, affects just the general personality of the region of the people. Okay. Interesting. Uh, so, yeah, I would definitely say in the middle of Russia, in the Urals, people, uh, tend to be initially uh, more stoic, uh-huh. much more stoic than in the Caucasus. Um, and uh, same, share a lot of the same values as the Caucasus yeah. in regards to like the really big on friendship. Once you're called a friend, that means a lot. Huh, it means you're cool. really in. It means loyalty, commitment. But there is definitely, you notice that as soon as you're in the society, in comparison to here, that there's much less of an openness and a freedom of expression and uh, even in just like facial expressions out in public. Huh. Everything's more, um, just more stoic in general. Yeah. yeah. So when you moved to the it's Caucasus. Like horrible for Americans, man. <laughs> <laughs> like we're all teeth and like, hey, I'm a neighbor. <laughs> I'm, sure, I'm sure you stood out and pretty easily there. Uh, uh, I know I do here. I would never do that. So like when you moved to the Caucasus, were you – like, what was it initially where you're like, wow, this is different? And I what, really what, like was, it. what were some of your big wows? I like that. Yeah. Big wows. Um, of course, weather for one. It was actually so refreshing nice. it to, to come further south. Yeah. So, and I just want to clarify I mean, it's not like we live in the tropics. I mean, right. It's like, you know, below freezing most of the winter, but we have four solid seasons, really toasty in the summer. Yeah. 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 Very comparable to Michigan weather, Southern Michigan Actually. weather. Um, let's see. other The, the multiple nationalities here. Yeah. UK3 did not have nearly as much of di- nearly as much diversity okay. as the North Caucasus has. Yeah. Those are, those are the two biggest How do the Mural Mountains compare to the Caucasus Mountains? Ha, 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 ha. Uh, yeah. Well, um, same way the, uh, I was, the Michigan Mountains. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> You can't even tell you're in the you're in the mountains in Ekaterinburg, but as you go further south or north, um, it's definitely more like big hills, gotcha. more like Appalachians. Probably not even that big though. Appalachians. Appa- okay, I just sorry, want to say yeah, that's sorry. where I'm from. It's, it's an <laughs> two ass. That's correct pronunciation. <laughs> um, Good job, Andrew. Yeah, definitely smaller. Um, here, I do remember for sure driving into Pitigorsk and coming down the main road, which is Kalinina, and seeing just the view open up before you of the the river valley. And of course you see in the backdrop on the horizon, the mountains, um, you could three didn't have that in the sense it was more, more flat. And, uh, so having that Vista just open up, that was really cool. Check out what I just heard as a, this is a little tidbit. Uh, one of our professors suggested that there's studies or people or writers or whatever who suggest that the topography 
of a place in Russia, particularly in Russia, has affects its arts and music in particular. Huh. And that the reason that the Kafkaz has such kind of uh, high tempo, spastic, energetic music, it's more like mountains and waterfalls rushing down those mountains wow. versus the plains mm. wow. of hmm. of a lot of Russia with the slow moving rivers and kind of slower pace of things. Yeah, I can so, see that. Makes yeah, sense. I totally see that. So definitely from the Kafkaz side. So, um, what then motivated you, and this is for both you guys, what's motivated you to start a tour company? Why Beyond Red Square? First of all, what's so wrong with Red Square? <laughs> Why you got to throw Red Square to the bus? I'll, I'll speak to that. Uh, the name was my brainchild. Uh, <laughs> Red, first of all, Red Square is amazing. It is amazing. Uh, it's an, I mean, it's a really epic, beautiful place. Uh, this is where, this is like the center of Moscow, Red Square. It's where the Kremlin is. It's got the beautiful St. Basil's Cathedral there. That's the one with all the colors that looks like it's make-believe, but it's actually real. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. awesome. Uh, but uh, in researching kind of tourism to Russia, uh, what I noticed was most tourism centers on Moscow and St. Petersburg, the two big, beautiful cities. They call them the two capital cities of Russia. Uh, and so in wanting to bring people to the North Caucasus, the the meaning of the name is there's more in Russia beyond Red Square if you Definitely. if you're if you want to go further in and so for us of course that means the Caucasus further up further come, in it's not actually a slam on Red Square it's just saying right. you can there's do that so much more to see in and Russia. be there and do and actually we recommend to our friends I think you do too when they come through like book a day in Moscow you, you, you got to go through there Absolutely. anyway and go do it and see it and I mean you just tap the surface there's yeah. a ton there but there's a lot beyond. Yeah. Okay. I think Josh, you could probably speak to this too. Like you've done different things over the years here, primarily related sure. to teaching English. Like, I guess, how are you feeling about moving into this and motivation and yeah. The tourism business. Oh, I enjoyed teaching English, but I must say the being in the mountains and coming upon a waterfall that you never seen before. It just is absolutely striking. Mm. Uh, this is how Josh really is in real life, just so everyone so knows. Poetic. This. He's not like putting Keep on. Keep going. Just, just so you know. <laughs> that, to have that be my job yeah. is definitely much more captivating than sitting at a desk. And the tour is like English a mile language. down the road. It's like, where Josh goes over there gazing? Much more captivating than the waterfall wallpaper in my bathroom <laughs> that was there when we moved in. Oh, man. Andrew has this amazing... It's amazing. It's like a giant slab of, of wallpaper. It's a blown-up pixelated photo of some like... This has got to go in the show notes. ...idyllic... <laughs> Yeah, like pseudo idyllic waterfall and and the water feature. But you know what I've noticed? I'm sure you've noticed about too as I've gazed at it standing there is there's leaves in the foreground that don't match match leaves in the background. Like it's a few images merged and anyway. Yeah. That's really on point. So what is can I call it BRS? Sure. Yeah. Beyond Red Square. Beyond yes. Okay, why is Beyond Red Square? What's what do you, what differentiates that and you guys from others? I mean in a nutshell. Uh, well, for one I would say there's honestly there's not a lot of tour companies that are actively doing tours in the North Caucasus for English speakers. There are some. And of course, we interviewed Shannon Scarborough yeah. on our podcast episode 6. Uh Elevation, Elbrus, Elbrus Elevation. There you go, got it. Elbrus Elevation, yeah. So like there are some tour companies, but like 
this region, I think to a lot of the world, is just kind of hidden. And sure. so, um, so let, me, let me just tap at that. So when I walk down the street in the warm weather, like down in the center of town, there's booth after booth after booth of tours and things. And you yeah, know, yeah. here's a thousand rubles, do a day trip here. It seems like there's a lot of tour companies, but you're saying that this is different. Yeah, so uh, there is the Caucasus in Russia is a destination for Russians. Uh-huh. Um, and I mean, there's a lot of history there. Uh, this is where most of the ski resorts are. Um, this is where lots of people come to do like different kind of health treatments because of the beautiful nature and like the natural springs and different things. Uh, but for the outside world, a lot of people don't know much about the North Caucasus. Yeah. 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 I agree. Um, yeah. So, and, and connected to that, I would say we, because we actually live here, that makes us really unique uh, in that we're not like based in America and selling, telling people to come. We actually, right. we've lived here a long time. We've traveled to a lot of the places in the Caucasus and we've experienced a lot of the, what the local culture and people and nature has to offer. So mm-hmm. we want to invite people into what we've got to experience ourselves. Yeah. And the local companies, they, they really design their business from the ground up with the Russian in mind. Huh. And we're coming in uh, to this, this sphere uh, with the, the Westerner, you know, the English speaker in mind. And so yeah. as we're looking at the places to go, the things to see, uh, the, temp, the tempo of the trips and type of guides and use and things we're always keeping in mind uh the westerner yeah and i think that really comes out in in the little things of a trip um so yeah yeah so what's to keep me from just patching together my own trip down here i mean i've got booking.com i've got travelocity yeah i've got that stuff um to to play the skeptic what does why do do i let me say it this way I'm still in the stage of life where I would usually not really ever consider a travel agency right. because to me that sounds like, oh, that's just a kind of a plush thing for, and it costs a ton of money and I don't need all that. I can just kind of scrap it together. Yeah. Um, can't I just patch together my own thing down here? Yeah, you definitely could. And I think anybody who, I mean, honestly, me and my wife, were the, or my wife and I, correct myself. Well done. We, uh, we are the same way. Like, we would much rather spend less and plan it ourselves. Um, but I would say what I've learned in, as we've got into building this company is that a lot of people aren't like that. Uh, they would much rather pay somebody to do most of the logistical planning, take care of the hassle of different things and just give them a great experience, you know? So that I would say that's one point. Um, I would also say there's like, it isn't like the easy, if you're going to Moscow or St. Pete, that's pretty straightforward. And like, there's a huge tourism infrastructure there. Uh, here it, there's an extra flight added in domestically. You've got to get a visa to come to Russia. Um, even, I mean, the Caucasus has so much to offer. I think what we want to do is find out what you, you want to experience and then help you kind of get the best customized experience that you came for, you know? Definitely. Um, so I would agree it's not sure. for everybody. And I'd add that he, here in the North Caucasus, infrastructure for tourism is still developing. Yep. A lot of it just isn't there. And so that does make it significantly more difficult just to get on the web and to book everything and, and, and put it together on your own and have it just come out 
It's really smooth. I mean, I know right. people who live in the country, foreigners who live in the country, who speak the language, who are savvy, and they've been jerked around on Airbnb or whatever just by, a, you know, maybe a little lapse of of attention or whatever. Right. Um, it's so hard from a distance to really know what you're getting, particularly when it's not all presented to you prepackaged. Yeah. Um, yeah, even, I mean... There's honestly not a lot of English spoken in the North Caucasus. Uh, like that Mo- is true. Moscow and St. Pete. Right. I mean, you're, there's a good chance you'll be able to find somebody to help you along the way. But down here, like it's kind yeah. of a different ballgame. Also, I mean, a lot of the cultural stuff we've talked about is available, but it's not, doesn't just, it's not sitting there on the side of the street. Like if we've talked a lot about hospitality, but that doesn't necessarily mean that just because you get off the plane and walk around, right. someone's going to like whisk you into their house. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Or if there's, if you want to experience lo- local caucuses culture or, yeah. you know, there aren't people just like dancing Liz Ginka down the road most days, <laughs> right? That's are those great. things that you guys are bringing into your tours? Um, those cultural I probably won't be dancing the Liz Ginka down the road. <laughs> I <want> Andrew <laughs> uh, to dance Liz Ginka down the road. But, you know, you make a good point. Like in the caucuses, everything works through relationships, through the people you know. So I would say I what's really been cool as we've been kind of building tours and moving into this uh, kind of tourism industry is we're meeting lots of people. And w- through those relationships, we're able to kind of open the door for others to come have a great experience. Um, yeah. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. And I like, that's a good point, Eli. Like, I think another way we want to be unique is like, of course, it's absolutely stunning here. The nature is beautiful, and that's going to be a huge part of our tours that people can come see that, experience it. But we really want people to come experience the local culture and interact with the local people. Um, so, and if you have to deal with documents or registration or a bunch of details, or you're stressed about it's tiring putting details together like that, yeah. you may not exactly have the bandwidth. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. So I would say, like, I mean, you mentioned the Les Ginka. Like, I'm hopeful we can help foreign tourists come and like learn how to dance the Caucasus Les Ginka. I've already oh, got your hookup. Totally can. Yeah. I've already got your hookup. We'll use your teacher, right? When my parents were visiting, we there were my dad was in the studio audience with uh, Takir. Yes. They came to my dance lesson, and our teacher was just like, "Come on, join in." <laughs> my dad's 75, and my two year old. My one-year-old daughter, she was there. They were supposed to like be holding the wow. kids, so they got up with the kids, and they did 15 minutes of warm-ups with That's us, awesome. and they, it was hilarious. But our teacher was just so for the, you know into it. I mean, yeah. those kinds of things. Uh, but it took me like 15 months to find that teacher. I mean, I didn't, you right, know, right. I didn't know about it right away. Yeah. Um, I know you guys have some, I don't know if you call them horror stories, but like of logistics gone wrong. <laughs> what, can, what kind of hot water a person can get himself into? Yeah, I mean, there's just there's a lot of steps it takes to come to the Caucasus. Sure. Um, you need you got to book airfare, and that's off putting, I think, for right. people. All those steps, airfare, you got to get a visa, um, which is an application process, and then figuring out your lodging once you're down here and transportation. Uh, probably the funniest story I have about uh, logistics. It wasn't that funny in the moment, but my <laughs> my parents my are. parents yeah, visited sure. us two years ago here, and. The day before they were scheduled to fly back home from Moscow, the airline they flew to Russia in went bankrupt. Been there. (laughs) (laughs) Been there, done that. Been there with a different airline. Wow. Are you serious? That's right. Wow. In the middle of my 
round trip trip. <laughs> I flew one direction and it went bankrupt. It oh fell right out of the sky. It just turned off. Days I was there. So yeah, like me and my wife were on the phones, and they ended up leaving on the same day they were supposed to leave. And, wow! But like it was crazy. You know? Do you have any? Yeah. What would be like your funniest logistical nightmare what? question or story oh, man. on the spot? Let's see. That was probably it. <laughs> Flying out to Ekaterinburg on a round trip ticket. And while I was there, getting a message that the airline had gone bankrupt. And I was out of my return ticket. I, I had to scramble and get, both a, my get goodness. a ticket back home. I don't think I ever got refunded for that. Still way. waiting. Still waiting on That's that right. one. I just I want to put messages. out a plug for Aeroflot Airlines. That that is the big Russian airline and they're actually a really good quality, great, great customer service. Um yeah, so Still I, I pretty business. much always try to fly Aeroflot um coming in. All right. So tell me about your tours. Tell me about what you what I could actually expect to um experience if I were to uh what's the word? Come. Sign up with hire book. sign up book employ. Yeah. Beyond Red Square. Yeah. Trust myself into your hands. <laughs> That's right. Uh basically if you if I had to boil down what unique things the North Caucasus has to offer to tourists, to foreigners, or really to anybody, I would say it's two things. Uh the beautiful nature and the culture. Right. And by culture I mean like the different people and nationalities. Um so I think those are really unique, distinct things about the Caucasus. So we're basically, we want to hone in on the nature provides amazing like outdoor adventure activities. So summer and winter. So summer, we're talking about like trekking, of course, summiting, climbing Elbrus, um, mountain biking, four-wheeling. Right. Um, the list goes on and on. And I mean, in the winter, obviously skiing and snowboarding, paragliding, four-wheeling, snowshoeing. Um, so. There's there's a huge crowd of you out there who love that kind of adventure in an exotic place, and the Caucasus definitely has that to offer. So that's one niche. Okay, we're wanting to, so so the adventure, mm-hmm. eco, naturey, tourism type thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Josh, you want to talk about the second? I would, as you were saying that, actually, I was thinking. I mean that that is what makes the Caucasus so unique is that it has a. Um, absolutely breathtaking landscape. Right. And sure you could you could see things similar just in 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 regards to to landscape and, and nature in other parts of the world, but it's the combination with the unique culture that you you won't meet in another part of the world. Yeah. And so as you're uh having these you know new cultural experiences um because you know these are big mountains and it's not like it's not like walking up into a small town in the Rockies that's, you know, super developed in first world. I mean, you're right. going back, you feel like you're going back in time. Yeah. In time, hmm. several, several decades. And yeah. Yeah. these people still in many ways living off the mountains. Yeah. I mean, yeah. raising their own food and um, just from agriculture and, and shepherding and all these different things. And so hmm. it's definitely the, the combination of the two, uh, together, I think really makes this area unique. Yeah. And I think like you come down here and I mean, in the Caucasus, there are around 50 different ethnic groups or nationalities, nations. That's crazy. And so 
you can spend a couple days here in Pitigorsk and like interact with Russians and Armenians. Then you could go to Mount Elbrus and really get to know some of the local Balkar people. That's a totally separate nationality, different religion, different history. Then you could go to Ingusheti or Chechnya, totally different language, history, context. Yeah. And so like you literally are moving from one world to another. Um, and what, I mean, what's awesome about the Caucasus is everybody is so hospitable. That's kind of what ties them all together, yeah. you know? And that's, I think more than anything, that's what we want to help people experience is like the genuine hospitality people have for, for foreigners. I'm telling you, man, our Shashlik and tea episode is among the most popular. Yeah. People tell yeah. me, I want to come and eat Shashlik and drink tea. There. That's awesome. It's true. It's great. Um, so how, how soon is this thing going to be? How soon will the Death Star be operational is my question. <laughs> we are, we are live, my friend. Yeah. It's happening. Yeah. Okay. So, um, so now Andrew has shown his slithery underbelly that he's really a, an, a greasy businessman. And this whole <laughs> podcast was just a setup to get to this episode so he could bait and switch all of the listeners into advertising. You selfish sneaky. The invitation is open to all. Let's hope it works. <laughs> no, actually, um, this is a really symbiotic relationship. I just want everyone to know that. I have nothing. I have no skin in the game. When no. it comes to Beyond Red Square. And so this is actually just exactly what our podcast is about. Yeah. So I want you guys to go ahead and just un- unload on us. How do we do this? How do we sign up? Where do we go? Yeah. Yeah. So uh, you can check out our website, which is beyondredsquare.com. Um, and uh, basically, we're, we're starting slow. We have a couple couple tours that we can offer that you could come and partake in in 2018. Um, several, uh, culturally focused in, tours in 2018. Yeah. So like, if you want to come this summer, come on, Dude, we're that's ready for you. Yeah. Um, and we, through some of our like personal friends, we already have groups that are ready to come and, um, yeah. So we have a couple cultural tours lined up as well as a couple like adventure tours and we're getting, we're in the works of getting some winter tours ready for 2018, 19, as well as expanding into other parts of the North Caucasus. Josh, what tour are you most excited about? Or, or do you think is, would is, yeah, most exciting to you personally? Oh, the, let's see. That'd probably be the tour that spans three different North Caucasus republics, North Caucasian republics, which would be Kabardina, Balkaria, Ingushetia, uh-huh. and Chechnya. Dang. How, how long is the tour? We that tour is offered at at least two different lengths, right, Andrew? Eight yeah. days and in eleven 14. days, fourteen yeah. days. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. that's our that's um, our big daddy. That's that, gonna yeah, that's gonna be a really dynamic tour. Um, just because you do get very distinct tastes in the different republics, right? Um, even though it's all the North Caucasus, and so um, the thought of being able to take uh, a guest through um, these three different unique cultures, um, all in the mountains and each place, amazing sights but also different cultural experiences like that. That's going to be awesome. It helps you appreciate each one more by having contrast, something to compare it to as you sure. go, rather than just a standalone yeah. experience. And yeah. we, uh, we're we going to be different from a lot of tour companies in that we're not going to have advertised dates for trips uh, huh. and like just let lots of random, have like a group of random 15 people come on a tour. We want to like customize a private tour for you. Um, so... I mean, this is for really any group size of people. It could be like 
a husband and a wife who want to come for two people. If you've got like a couple friends, three to four or five to six, mm-hmm. of course, if there are, is a larger group of people come, we'll definitely accommodate that and work with you. Right. Uh, but like, we want to work with you, the dates that work for you. We have tours offered different lengths, eight days, 10, 11, 14. Um, we know everybody has different, you know, tastes right. and sure. desires and um, interests. Um, I mean, we've probably all been on tours where the tour guide has gone off on for 30 minutes on architecture or some other topic that we're just, you know, not engaged with and not interested in. Uh-huh. Um, and so, you know, we've already had guides or com- uh, companies that we work with here suggest to us, like, well, Hey, if you, if you if your guests are interested in, you know, culinary arts, you know, we can gear the tour towards uh. that or to history or to, you know, whatever part of the culture. See, that's next level. That's, I, th- I feel like things are, are personal and fine grain enough here where it's not like Moscow or, or New York or something where it's more like you go to this thing, then go to this thing, then go to this thing. And you're just kind of pounded through the sites. Right. You know, this is going to be much more um, uh, kind of organically um, shaped for, for particular. Yeah. And I mean, if people want to, like you said, like pound from site to site, we, we can, can do, do that. It. We can do the sites. I, th- I think w- our hope is that if we can give people a little more time at each location and with each, you know, let's say with the Bulkar nationality at El Bruce, uh, if people take three days to really soak in the beautiful nature, interact with the local people, have c- these cultural experiences, they're going to come away much richer and happier with and rested from that experience rather than like on the road every five hours every day. Right. You might see more that way, but right. might not have felt by like a vacation by when it's all said and done, you know? So I have another question. Sure. I like playing the skeptic. Um, you know, I know people who've gone to like school for tourism. I mean, there's departments devoted to this stuff. And mm-hmm. uh, <clears throat> frankly, I'll just say that I know that you guys haven't. So playing yeah. the skeptic, um, why is this not just like an out of your garage kind of gig? This is this is the last time I let Eli <laughs> do an do an interview. <laughs> no, uh, it we is went, out of our garage actually. It's we, a very uh, nice garage. We went to the school of life. Um, <laughs> school of hard knocks. No, that's a great question. So Josh and I actually we did a lot of research about the best way to run a tour business here. We mm-hmm. seriously considered starting our own Russian company mm-hmm. or starting our own U.S. company. Mm-hmm. Uh, and very thankful through, uh, th- some of, uh, Josh's mutual friends and acquaintances, we were able to link up with, um, a U.S. tour company that has been very successful in North Africa and the Middle East. Oh. Um, so Josh, do you want to just share a little about who they are? Yeah, they are called Experience It Tours. And experience it experience it tours.com is their website oh, all yeah. right experience it tours that's good yep and yeah they have uh brought us into their company we are their russia tour representatives yep um our job is to open up russia uh for this company uh a lot of experience official on me uh-huh. <laughs> it's like a little intimidating you weren't you weren't ready for that answer no. were you <laughs> curveball <laughs> for us uh this has been uh just a yeah, a great experience to be brought into uh, a company that does have a lot of this stuff figured out that yep. Andrew and I could have figured out what it just would have taken us several years, but they've come in. The CEO of the company has, or the founder has come in and just done a ton of coaching with us. All right. And continues to do a ton of coaching yep. with us just to, sh- uh, 
to set us up well from the very beginning so that we can offer a good quality tour. Well, they obviously believe in the vision or they wouldn't take you on. I mean, sure. I mean, yeah. This is obviously a place and, that they see this it is, Yeah. I mean, this is what they do. So they, their specialty is Morocco, mm-hmm. uh, but they also run tours in Kenya and Oman and kind of have brought on the North Caucasus wow. as like the next region. But yeah, they're, I mean, they're, they run tours bringing yeah. in English speakers to right. experience like the beauty and the culture of another country. How long have they been around? Do you know? 2002. So 15 years, wow. 16 years now. Yeah. That settles it for me. Okay. Yeah. So I, I would be a lot less confident, uh, <sighs> telling everybody about our tour company if we were doing it on our own. Uh, yeah. but like, it's really, it's really cool getting to basically link up with professionals. So that's um, a big difference, yeah. you know, two well-intended guys who are very competent and have a bunch of good friends is right. not a tour company. Right. Right. And that's not a professional business in and of itself. Yep. You know, even as savvy as those guys might be, <laughs> but, um, what you're saying is you're under professional guidance and training and yeah. that's really cool. I yeah. don't know all those details. Yeah. All yeah. right. I'm going to throw you guys a curveball. If I'm listening to this, I think a fair and honest question is um, the North Caucasus in some places has a bad rap. Yeah. And a lot of people think it's unsafe. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people give that advice strongly. Right. Including at the state level. Yep. And I, I want to know how do you respond to that? And maybe you don't want to make an official statement. So whatever you say. Is this on the record or off the record? This is off the record. <laughs> this, the, the thing we're recording is not on the record. <laughs> yeah. Um, how would you respond? We get to ask this question a lot already. Of course, yeah. yeah. I would say. That's a good question. The main things I typically say is uh, my wife and I and my three kids live here. We've been here three years and we feel totally safe. Um, so. Uh, my experience has been as a foreigner, people actually look out for us. Uh, and, uh, so I've, I've never felt unsafe in any way. Uh, and I would also say like, of course we can't like guarantee or promise anything, you know, there's some things that are out of our control, but like, of course we want to do everything we can in our power to make your trip as smooth and safe and enjoyable as possible. And I would think that your personal connections is the best way to do that. Right. Yeah. I mean, you're, and I'd, I'd say it's not just us mm-hmm. that are doing everything in our power to make people safe. Um, but it's, I'd say the general attitude here in Russia, in the North yeah. Caucasus, is that the local peoples are big fans of increased tourism. Right. Uh, it's in their, they know it's in their best interest. That's right. And also the Russian government, they want to increase uh, tourism within Russia for Russians themselves, but also for international guests. And so they're working as well, uh, the local governments, the, the national, the federal government, to keep things stable and safe here in the North Caucasus. Cool. Yeah. Great answer. I think that's about as good an answer as anyone could give. We'll, that, we'll let that be on record. We'll let that. <laughs> All right. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I just want to say, like, most people who give advice about that don't live here. Yeah, it's true. I mean, or at least the loudest that I've heard, you know, or, or the biggest concerns. It's kind of, yeah. It's kind of like, you know, this. We could, we could talk about that a long time. <laughs> All right. I'm told you have a wedding story about toasting. 
Oh, Cabernet yeah. wedding. Sure. That was going to color our brighten up our. Let me can I, pre- <laughs> can I preface this? So, like, uh, listeners, very consistently, just when you're here as a foreigner in the Caucasus, things happen. Hospitable, crazy things happen in a good way that you didn't plan for or manipulate. <laughs> and it's just out of the goodness of the local people's hearts. Yeah. And so like crazy goodness. Yeah. Uh, so like uh, Josh has an awesome story he experienced one time. I'll share a quick one too. All but, right. uh, yeah. But, and that's a great thing in the North Caucasus is that you, you have your itinerary of where you're going for the day. You know, <laughs> every, you throw it in the trash. Every guest wants to know in general kind of what's going to be going on. But then you have a, an event happen. And it's an event. Like it's, in the middle of this itinerary that um, it's completely unexpected and awesome. Uh, and yeah, it just opens up the caucuses in, it's a, like those in, a, choose in your intimate own, way. Yeah. Like choose your own adventure books. I know those went That's out of right. style. Like when I turned seven, <laughs> but page five, yeah, yes. it's like you read a chapter and then you have some choices at the end. If, and that yeah. happens sometimes here where it's like, Hey, this guy just invited us to go to the wedding. Even though we plan to go to dinner, like what are we going to do? If you want to go to the wedding, turn to page. <laughs> sure. go, and just see what happens. All so right. I was, uh, taking a couple guests. Um, to Elbrus, and um, we never got to Elbrus, <laughs> uh, and this is why. Um, That's awesome. Well, one of the guests was a news anchor, and so, of course, he was big into videography. The other one was huge into photography, so, of course, they both had their, you know, their cameras um, and hoping for some great shots and video. And so uh, we're driving, um, you know, two-and-a-half-hour drive from Pitigoras to Elbrus, and along the way, uh, unexpectedly, I look off uh, to the shoulder of the road and we see a man mounted on a horse in the full traditional Caucasian outfit, the Caucasus Strolling outfit. Strolling by. So it looks, if you're to imagine it, it kind of looks like a revolutionary style soldier's outfit or something kind of eastern yeah yeah and then, but so did he have the old, papaha on? yeah the papaha he had that on he that's had a his, giant puff hat he had his sword you know his dagger i mean he had the whole the whole thing going <laughs> he just and, walked out of a time warp <laughs> so i of course <laughs> slam on the brakes <laughs> almost and uh i stop i say because we have to go back like you're you're not going to be able to see this on this trip unless we stop right now. I've lived here three years and I've never seen anything <laughs> yeah. like that on the side so of the road. So we turn around, we go back to where this, this young man, turns out, was sitting on this horse. And we <laughs> park the car and just get out and start talking to him and, of course, ask, like, could we get some pictures? Like, these are guests from the U.S. And uh, he was very obliging and just let us take pictures. And then as we're just talking to him, taking some pictures... Uh, another guy rides up on a horse in the same traditional outfit <laughs> and cars begin to pull up and people begin to get out and just oh see what's goodness. going on. And, and as the events just unfold and in this, you know, we're taking pictures, we're trying on hats, we're holding their swords and, <laughs> and, and things and having a great time with these young guys. But then we find out that uh, there is a big event happening. Um, a Cabardine family is having their family reunion that happens once every three years. 
Wow. Day. I can't imagine a yeah. Cabardine family reunion. I'm so jealous I wasn't there. <laughs> Seriously. And so these, there's actually three guys on horseback in their traditional outfits, and their job was to ride in front of like the entourage, like going into the family reunion, oh kind of like as the official opening, the beginning. And so they Color are guard. carrying their the flag of their clan. Color guard. Um, <laughs> and the, the cars are coming behind us, and they're honking, and... Uh, and so, uh, but they, they asked us like you, they not, not even asked, insisted, they said, you <laughs> must come and be our honored guests at our family reunion. Wow. And so, so yeah, we, 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 we have to go to and, our hostel at Elbrus and, uh, <laughs> that's right. eat apples and cheese for dinner. Sorry. <laughs> so, uh, of course we end up staying probably a couple hours, but in those two hours we were seated at the table uh, with Cabardines, um, you know, very much honored guests. Wow. Fed local Cabardine food. We got to uh, see the Lizginka and dance the Lizginka oh, yeah. with this family. That's awesome. Um, learned about the history of their, their clan, and um, yeah, it was, it was a phenomenal experience that was not in the itinerary. So much better than actually going to Elbrus. <laughs> <laughs> I do wish they could have seen Elbrus, but... <laughs> But that was definitely very unforgettable. That's amazing. Elvis yeah. will be there, but the dude on horseback on the side of the yeah. road. Good move, slamming on the brakes. All right, Andrew, what's yours? Yeah, that's really cool, Josh. Uh, so this mine happened uh, within the last month. We had some friends, uh, uh, actually some of Josh's friends from Michigan, and then another another guy from New York. And uh, we went to the Dumbai region, which is in Karachay-Cherkessia. It's a big ski resort. And uh, one night, uh, we went out for dinner late, um, in this, we were in Tebarda, which is kind of the town before Dumbai and, uh, went to this fish restaurant and they were closed. Uh, but there was, it was like nine o'clock. So that didn't last long. No. And <laughs> well, you would think it wouldn't have lasted long. Right. We were like, Oh, it's fine. We'll, we'll find another place. And there was one guy there and he's like, no, 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 no. You wait right here. This was when he found out like we were Americans, you know, foreign guests. He was, he was like, at the restaurant. Who- I'm going to go get the cook. Oh. From his house, and we're gonna cook you dinner. Wake him up. And so, like, we literally waited there while he went, got the cooked, pitch black. They came back. We got to catch our own fish in the stocked pond they had, cooked us dinner. That is the best. Then they wouldn't let us pay for it. (laughs) What? This is like a restaurant for tourists. Like, no friend of mine. (laughs) Yeah. So, like, that was incredible. Two nights later, we went back and Again, gave us the meal for free. What? They were like, you are our guests. Like, we want to, like, take care of you. We want you to, like, always remember this. I mean, it was unbelievable. That's very cool. Yeah, like, went back hoping to be able to give them yes. a big tip to somewhat make up for the first <laughs> night, if possible, but not not expecting it. I got to start dining closer to the mountains. I've always been for Oh, meals. man. <laughs> yeah. It's just like, you can't plan for something like that. Yeah. We didn't try to make it happen. It just kind of happens, you know? And so, of course, we want to, with Beyond Red Square, we want to provide people with good, cool cultural experiences and interactions. But there's a good chance while you're here, something like that might just happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's kind of, that sums up the North Caucasus, I think. Absolutely. Yeah. That's terrific. So, any parting shots? Uh, so, I would say, uh, if, if this interests you at all, like, we would love to be in touch. Um, you can email me at andrew at beyondredsquare.com. 
beyondredsquare.com. Yeah, or you could email Josh at josh at beyondredsquare.com. And then get those at the website too. If you email Eli at podcast at caucustalk.com. I will forward you. Or uh, That's good to know. I, was, I wasn't... A, I wasn't sure it'd make it to us. So Eli will forward it. <laughs> I will divert you to my own private, unannounced tourism business. Yeah, but we... Eli Shady Deals. Uh, we would love to just talk uh, to see what you're interested in. If that does, um, to quote Eli, what's your whistle at all about... Uh, <laughs> but you gotta, you gotta get that H in there, wet. wet you can't just wet, say wet. You can wet, wet that your, whistle. Your whistle. Uh, about either maybe having an adventure, kind of an outdoor adventure here, um, or to really come and experience the culture with a group of friends or something, please be in touch. We'd love to hear from you. Um, and we're going to keep growing, growing and developing as, as we move along here. Expect to hear from these guys again. This is just the beginning. Thanks for being on our show, Josh. Glad to be here. It's yeah. awesome. Yeah, man. And Josh, we ask this of all our guests. Uh-huh. If there's one thing you would like yes. our listeners to know about the North Caucasus, what is it? What would you like to say to the world, which is listening? Our second highest download outside of the U.S. is Russia. Oh, after Russia, Japan. Japan. Ohio, guess I miss. What would it be? Oh, hmm. I give you all that time. I was speaking Japanese, yes, so you could think. Yeah, I must have distracted you. Yeah, it's distracting. <laughs> Trying to translate that on his phone. What did he just say? Konnichiwa. <laughs> What would I want to tell them about the North Caucasus? Gambate, yeah. <laughs> I would say uh, I've been to several countries. Not you know, not a major major world traveler, but I have been to several different countries, experienced multiple cultures, and the Caucasus for me has been very much just a completely different experience huh. uh, than other places I've been, you know, second world places, first world, uh, third world places and, and all that gamut. Like the caucus is definitely um, something very unique and, and very different from um, just the, just the, the atmosphere um, is foreign. It's foreign. It's different, which really makes it exciting and yeah. um, just an amazing just adventure and exploration. Uh, coming into this area. So, yeah. Love From it. someone who's us. been around, who knows, who said, all right. Well, thanks again. I'm looking forward to uh, hearing some more amazing stories. Yeah. Andrew, thanks for coming on the show today. Hey, I enjoyed it. This has been episode 21 of Caucus Talk, which is your source for culture, history, and tourism in the North Caucasus Mountains of Russia. Thanks for listening. And we'll see you when you get here. Fun to say, isn't it?